Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Today's speaker is Stephen Brannan. Are we alone in the universe? You may or may not have seen in the news recently that some leaked footage from the U.S. Navy shows an unidentified aerial object captured by a pilot maneuvering around in the sky. The small object was in U.S. airspace, flew in unexpected ways, and was completely unidentified in its shape, character, and origin. And the Navy has actually confirmed all of this. Extraterrestrials? Who knows? I doubt it. But the question about whether we're alone in the cosmos is a fascinating one. It remains irresistible to us. And you'd think it'd be a question that has been with us since time immemorial, but it's actually a very modern question, a very modern fascination. It's only since we stopped believing in other intelligent life right here among us that we as a civilization started looking to the stars for intelligent life. Since the dawn of humanity, we have believed in and perceived spirits, gods, fairies, demons, angels, We've long known that spirits were among us. At least we knew as long as we retained our power of perception. The modern deadening of our spiritual intellect, our spiritual eyes, has made us forget this. But in the church, where that intellect still gets exercised, we remember. And we may even perceive sometimes. From an early time in the church, September 29th was the date to commemorate all the angels. In about A.D. 530, Pope Boniface II used this feast to dedicate a certain church in Rome to the Archangel Michael, and ever since, the feast has taken on the role of commemorating both all the angels and St. Michael as their chief. Uh, It may seem strange to some people, especially people not in the church, that we not only believe in angels generally, but that we even believe in certain particular named angels. We claim to know who Michael is. In the book of Daniel, an unnamed angel comes to Daniel, and Daniel describes him like this. Dressed in linen, he had a belt made of gold from Uphaz around his waist. His body was like beryl. His face looked like lightning. His eyes were like flaming torches. His arms and legs looked like polished bronze. And when he spoke, his voice sounded like the roar of a crowd. The angel told him, Daniel, you are highly respected. Pay attention to my words. Stand up, because I've been sent to you. Don't be afraid, Daniel. God has heard everything that you said ever since the first day you decided to humble yourself in front of your God so that you could learn to understand things. I have come in response to your prayer. The commander of the Persian kingdom opposed me for 21 days. Now, this is an angel talking to Daniel. And when he says the commander of the Persian kingdom, he's referring to an angel over the Persian kingdom, or an evil angel, or a rebellious angel, something like that. So this angel has been battling the angel attached to the people of Persia. For 21 days, he was opposed. But then Michael, one of the chief commanders, that is one of the archangels, came to help me because I was left alone with the kings of Persia. I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the last days because the vision is about time still to come. I will return to fight the commander of Persia now, and no one will support me when I fight these commanders except your commander, Michael. 
the extraordinary language of angels fighting other angels as warriors and commanders, these spiritual beings concerned with the history and the affairs of humans. This goes all the way back through scripture. In Genesis, in Exodus, all the way up through the last of the prophets of the Old Testament, there are descriptions of angels involved in our world. Even named ones, like Michael's name, means who is like unto God. Raphael plays a major role in the story of Tobit. Raphael means God heals. And of course, Gabriel appears both to Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, and to Mary. And his name means God is my strength. And he, with Michael, was understood even from the Old Testament to be one of the chief protectors of Israel. And we see over and over in scripture and tradition that in addition to the role of messenger, uh, which is what the word angel actually means, it's from the old Greek angelos, meaning messenger, the role of protector is a chief assignment for the angels. These fierce spiritual powers are able to guard people, communities, and even whole nations from both physical and spiritual harm. Michael and his forces fought Lucifer, or Satan, and his forces and drove them out of heaven, as we heard in the um, uh, epistle, the lesson from today. They continue to battle here on earth as well. But of all the things that they battle for, things that turn the course in the tides of history itself, there's nothing more important that they fight for than a human soul. A single human soul has such profound worth and dignity that each person is assigned his or her own guardian angel. St. Jerome said, high dignity of souls that each from its birth has an angel set in charge over it. St. Augustine says, they are called our angels who are indeed the angels of God. They are God's because they have not forsaken him. They are ours because they have begun to have us as their fellow citizens. As they now behold God, so shall we also see him face to face. And this is what Jesus tells us in the gospel passage today, that the little children swarming him out of love, but being dismissed and annoyed uh, and annoying his disciples, they all have their own angels watching out for them and interceding for them in the very direct presence of God. Thus, they ought to be regarded with patience and love and dignity. And so what about us? Do we have our own guardian angels? Yes, without a doubt, we do. That's what our tradition affirms and tells us, and people throughout the centuries have confirmed this through their own perception, their own visions and revelations. So we acknowledge this reality and engage with it through our prayers, like, for example, this prayer included in the daily prayers on our own website. O holy guardian angel, to whose care God in his mercy has committed me, stand by me now and at my last hour. Protect me against all the powers of darkness, defend me from all enemies, and conduct my soul to paradise. Amen. In addition, we believe that every church community has an angel assigned to help them. In the Asperges uh, that we uh, do before Mass, we pray this to God. Vouchsafe to send thy holy angel from heaven to guard and cherish, to protect and visit, and to defend all who dwell in this thy holy habitation. And in the canon, the Eucharistic prayer of the ancient Roman liturgy, what we call in our uh, Orthodox Western Rite, the Mass of St. Gregory, this prayer at the consecration goes like this. We humbly beseech the Almighty God to command that these things be borne by the hands of thy holy angel to thine altar on high, 
into the presence of thy divine majesty, that so many of us as shall partake of this altar of the most sacred body and blood of thy Son may be filled with all heavenly benediction. So we believe that any number of angels are here with us today, our own guardian angels, angels here to worship with us, to bring us into heaven, and also specifically the guardian angel of the Church of the Advent, who we actually recognize with this icon here. Because the Exodus, Genesis, all the other scriptures describe angels uh, being assigned to the nation of Israel, to the temple, to individuals, and because the saints of the church have affirmed the same thing, it's generally thought that there can be angels assigned to protect individuals, families, churches, provinces, institutions, and whole nations. Is there a guardian angel of the United States? Let's hope. But these angels sent to guard and cherish, to protect and visit, and to defend us, as the prayer goes, they do so while having the beatific vision, perfect sight and apprehension of God, so that they know his will and perfectly obey it. And this is what makes them the most powerful, not just because they happen to be stronger than other evil spirits or the elements of nature or whatever other dangers, but because they act within the will of God who is in control of all things. He allows his creation to work for him and with him, to exercise its own agency and effort in order to bring glory to God, but also in order that creation itself is fulfilled and that we and our angels can have some share in bringing about the goodness that God intends for all creation. God wants his creation to participate in that with him, which is why he gives angels something to do which is why he gives us something to do and why angels and us really are co-workers in this effort. That's why the angels already count us as fellow citizens insofar as we too live and work within the will of God and work to attain the vision of God ourselves, little by little, purifying our perception to better see God and in so doing to also better perceive his angels. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, God is one. Amen talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.